G'day there and welcome to a brand new season of In League with the NRL. It's 2022 and hopefully we've put COVID to bed and we can have a season where there are as few interruptions as possible. On today's first episode, I'll give you my exclusive preview of where all of the teams are going to finish in 2022, which gives you the jump start to get onto your bookie and bet on exactly the opposite of what I've said. So, let's not waste any time. Let's get started with the 2022 edition of In League with the NRL. Well, this, this could be a really short episode, um, given that if you look at the ladder from last year, I don't think it's going to change too much when it comes to this year. Now, there are some teams that are going to go up and others that are going to fall down, but I don't know that the top of the ladder is really going to change that much. In fact, there's probably only one team that can really challenge from outside the bottom eight last year to move up anywhere near that top four. So the buying in the off-season was interesting in that a couple of teams really went out there and threw themselves on the line, and a lot of others just left themselves and did nothing and just thought, well, we'll hold on to what we've got as best they can. So I think, personally, uh, we know that that last year, so we can look at the Bulldogs, and the Bulldogs finished last last year. They had three wins out of their entire season. Uh, now, but they have really gone in big when it comes to buying up players for this season and for next season too, when they finally come on board. And it's interesting, given that you know, obviously uh, Matt Burton is their is their number one signing, who had such a great season with the Panthers last year, and. You wonder whether he's regretting leaving the Panthers to come to the Bulldogs. So the Bulldogs aren't going to be challenging anytime soon. Or are they? I mean, there are people out there who think that the Bulldogs are a top eight team this year. Now, on paper, perhaps that's the case. If you look at the team that they've got playing this weekend, for instance, Matt Dufty, who copped a lot of flack at the Dragons for some reason, but still seemed to be able to score a hell of a lot of tries. Uh, Brett Naden, Braden Burns... Uh, Josh Adokar, Matt Burton, uh, Marshall King is good, Paul Vaughan. We all know what happened to him with the Dragons last year, but he's turned up at the Bulldogs looking to prove himself. Tavita Pangai Jr. And then they still got Jack Hetherington, Josh Jackson last from last year, and Jake Avarillo. So their squad looks really good. But is that going to be enough? For them this year, and I mean they've all got to learn how to play together. They've got to they've got to uh, get on with the coach, and sometimes that seems to be a problem with uh, Trent Barrett. We all know how his three years of being a coach have been: two at Manly and and now one as a head coach at the Bulldogs. 
they've got a really tough year ahead of them. They need to improve, and they really need to probably be getting close to challenging for that top eight. Now, I'm not really sure that they'll do that, but I, th- I think they'll raise themselves off the bottom. I don't think there's much doubt about that. The Cowboys and the Broncos are two, and, and let's and let's go with the Tigers as well, really. They've all have to improve, but you just can't see how they're going to. Uh, the Cowboys under Todd Payton didn't have a great year last year. They too have a reasonable team on paper, but whether that transfers into getting wins is a completely different story. Kyle Velt is still there. Valentine Holmes is still there. Peter Hiku, they picked up Tom Dearden and Chad Townsend to be their halves. They've still got Jason Tormalolo there. So players are there, but it just didn't seem to work for the Cowboys last year. Now, is that a coaching thing or is that a playing thing or is it a culture thing? I'm not really sure, but they've got to find a way to somehow move off the bottom of the table. And that also happens for Brisbane as well. Now, Brisbane, as we all know, had a really tough year last year. Uh, were able to offload the uh, wooden spoon that they uh, received the year before. But again, with their team, is it a... Like, they've picked up Kurt Capel, which is a terrific buy, and um, he only came on board once Ben Iken became the, the head of football. Um Honestly, I mean, from a personal point of view, and I'm not a huge on uh, NRL players anymore, not like the old days when I was a kid when I knew every player, I don't really know many of the names in that Broncos lineup. Are they going to improve? You'd expect that they'd have more wins this season than they did last year. They had seven wins last year. It's not going to get them into the eight, and they don't look like they're going to challenge for the eight. Tigers are the same. Tigers... I don't know, last year, they, they had plenty of opportunities to win games that they then end up losing. It was quite amazing. And that, when you look at their season, which was eight wins, 16 losses, that there's probably at least four games there you could say that you could probably change around that they should have won. And if they go and change that and they become 12 and 12, well, suddenly they're a top eight team. Now, is it that simple? In some ways, yes, it is. But then to get through that mindset to be able to say that, well, those four games we should have won, I and mean, if we'd won, can we can we do that this season? I guess is the can they turn that around and improve that this season? Initial looking at the uh, trials, and you can't take trial form. Uh, that looks still like it's going to be a really really tough ask for them. The Warriors are another team uh, who are in that same basket that they tend to play well for a lot of the games and then they just let the game slip away in that last 20 minutes. I really feel that they're going to struggle again. Now, this year they're based on the Sunshine Coast rather than on the Central Coast of New South Wales. Uh, the fact that they are into their, going to be in their third season of playing away from New Zealand and not being able to drag teams over there and have to get into the plane and get ready to play and play them on their home ground is another really tough ask for the Warriors this year. Uh, and you really feel for what might happen because if they don't have a season where they can start challenging for the top eight this season, then how does that react going forward into next season? It's another year you say, well, maybe we'll play at home next year. And what if it doesn't change? What if New Zealand doesn't change and they're still uh, in lockdown or they have the quarantine laws that they currently do? massive for the Warriors and they've been so good for two years to to stay where they are doing it for a third year in a row is going to be really tough 
And the other team that finished down there on that 18-16 points last year was the Dragons. And we all know what happened to them at the second half of last season. Uh, Coach finally got the sack after many years of it thinking it was going to happen. Um, Several players decided to go to a COVID party and uh, then got suspended, which just completely derailed any chance the Dragons had of improving on on the previous season. Can they improve this year? Well, they've bought a lot of old guys themselves, Aaron Woods, uh, Moses and Bai. It's an interesting team they certainly picked for this weekend as well, given that uh, two of who would you consider their major players have not been picked in the squad at all. So I don't know. Uh, They've got some young blokes coming through. They've got some old bloke, old heads come in there, and they've still got Ben Hunt, who uh, is being paid a lot of money to do more than what he's actually done so far. Uh, this weekend's game against the Warriors for both teams is uh, is a pretty important start to the season. So all of those teams, I don't think you'll see any of those six actually fighting for a spot in the top eight. I'd be very surprised. And probably, at least on paper, you would think the Bulldogs would be the closest to doing that. And probably moving up the ladder, uh, whereas the others are sort of still going to be sitting about where they were last season. This is it. And the charge. Andrew Jones. Here it is. And, oh, knocked down by Manley. Six more tackles. There's 20 seconds on the clock. Albert, he will play it. 21 metres away. Down the blind, Andrew Jones. Inside for Albert. Albert will score. Albert will score. Okay, so we've spoken about the bottom six, which for me is the same as the bottom six of last year. I can't see any that any changes occurring with that. <laughs> Watch one of these teams jump out of the box and finish second or third. So let's look at the middle six. And again, I don't think the middle six is going to change much from last year. Obviously, the only changes that will probably happen, I would expect, would be that we will have at least two different uh, finalists, I would think, this year. So last year, the Knights had a season where, I think in the long run, it was surprising that they finished seventh and actually made the semi-finals, and then really gave it to the Earls to start off that, that that semi-final. But can we see them continue on this year? Again, they're another team that on paper you would think should have a really uh, good chance of playing finals football again. But is that going to be the case? I mean, they've lost their halfback, who hasn't played much in the last couple of years anyway, to be honest. Um, Kalen Ponger, of course, is their main guy. They're back down the back. They've got centres in Gagai and Best, who are, are good centres. Jake Clifford and Adam Clune are a workmanlike sort of um, half pairing. And they've still got Clemmer, Saifidi, Frizzell, Kurt Mann. So they've got guys there who can do the job and who have done the job for many years. But... Is that going to be good enough to get them into finals again after last year? Are they going to improve on last year? And the only way they can improve is if Ponga plays every single game and just takes control of every game, you would suspect. Now, their season's going to be hanging over the fact that Ponga has until June or July to 
commit to the club for next season. And until he does that or doesn't do that, then that whole thing's going to be hanging over the night season. So that's, it's going to be tough for them, I think, to improve on last year. And the other team that finished in the eight last year, the Titans, well, they snuck in again as well as, as uh, they got in on uh, percentage over the Sharks and the Raiders. Now, the Titans improved last year and, and had a, a, a terrific sort of season where they won games that people probably didn't expect them to. Uh, and their problem again is can they do that this year and, and can the coach continue to improve this team? Now, they've spent big on Fafita and, and a couple of other players, but they haven't really done much apart from that. So are they going to stall or are they still going to be good enough to find a way to continue to win games? They're really one of those iffy teams that you don't really see in your mind being a finals team, but if they play at their best, then they could certainly do that. Those two teams' biggest problems will be that you can't see the Sharks and the Raiders being as bad as they were last year. and The Raiders just hung in there all year and still almost made finals, even though they just kept losing games that they couldn't possibly lose and found ways to lose that no one could possibly have believed. Now, they've lost, again, uh, a few players through uh, some disgruntlement and all that kind of stuff. But their squad together is still very good. And Ricky Stewart has shown that he can coach teams to finals and to grand finals, as he did with the Raiders a few years ago. His main problem has been that once he's made a grand final or high finals placing, then his teams seem to drop off the radar a bit. And that's what happened with the Raiders last year. So the biggest problem for the Raiders for me is, can Ricky turn that around? And can he find a way to get his team getting forward and going forward and finding their way back into finals football and winning enough games? I mean, this is the thing. The Titans made eighth spot last year with a record of 10 and 14. You shouldn't be playing finals if you're losing more than you're winning. And yet that's what happened last year. So hopefully, you've just got to make sure that you win half your games. If you win half the games, you can play finals, and I'm sure that's what the Raiders will be thinking of as a minimum. The team you'd expect to jump out of the blocks this year is the Sharks. They have a brand-new coach who's been waiting for his chance to get a first-grade gig for a long time, and he's waited and chosen the one that he finally wanted to get. And then this weekend, he won't even be there because of COVID, which is a little funny. But he's also gone in and he's... Uh, got made sure that he's signed the players that he wanted to make sure that this team of his is going to be good enough. And I think that's pretty important. Now, he already came in with some good players, Ikevalu and Mulatalo, uh, but he's been able to get Nico Hines to come to the club, playing at halfback, which seems a bit strange to me, but what do I know? I don't know anything about rugby league. Um, uh, Finucane's come to the club as well, uh, so he's going to be very... Solid there. And they've got some good heads in Aidan Tolman, who's now at the club. And Andrew Fafita, well, can he resurrect Fafita and make him into a footballer again? I don't know. But you've got to give it, like, Fitzgibbon was such a fantastic player and a very smart player. He's proven to be a very smart um, assistant coach. We all knew that he was eventually going to be a first-grade coach, and this is his chance, so... You would expect that Cronulla will certainly be the the major improving side this year 
And if they don't play finals, I can assure you that they will be very disappointed there in the Shire. That then leaves the two other teams that finished in that middle six last year, and I don't think that's going to change. Uh, there is the possibility of, uh, I would suspect, both well, both teams, both the Roosters and the Eels, could both make top four. There's no doubt about that. And uh, perhaps that could be at the expense of the Rabbitohs, who may or may not be as good as last year by making the grand final. But to me, I don't think that either team really probably did enough in the market to improve themselves to make that top four this season. The Eels had enough trouble just holding on to players and certainly next year are going to be losing a couple of their main, at least a couple of their main uh, players. So when they talk about premiership windows, I'm guessing that the Eels' premiership window is going to be for this season or maybe bust. But to be honest with everybody, and we all you know, know the Eels have a good squad and they are an exciting football team and they do play well in patches, but they have seen for two, three, four years to just been lacking that one extra element that turns them into a premiership winning team. And given that they haven't actually bought anyone this season, uh, then that premiership winning element is still missing. The Roosters will improve because, firstly, all their injured players just about will all be back for the start of the season, although the ones who have retired because of injury will not. The Roosters are the Roosters. They're always competitive. Their coach is fantastic and gets the best out of all the players he has. And when you've got an enormous salary cap that no one else has, well, you can do magic wonders. They are the one team that I feel could jump into that top four that weren't there last year. Obviously, they finished equal fourth last season. were only beaten out by the Sea Eagles on percentage. And finishing in the top four is still pretty important. You need to finish in that top four if you want to win the comp. So... Both the Roosters and the Eels and probably the Sharks will all be thinking that's what they need to do. I'd probably think at this point in time it's not quite there for them. Down the blind side and they tried the same tactics on that occasion. Oh, Potter running overboard of a pass. He got the pot. He's found Maddox. Maddox is flying. He's racing over inside the 22 line. And it's a try. So that just leaves the top four, and as much as there's been a lot of doom and gloom about well, at least three of the four teams that finished in the top four last year and how they're going to go this year, I'm not sure that you can really see there's going to be too much change up there. The Seagulls were amazing last year, given they lost their first three games and got up and won that fourth game uh, at the death. And then Tom Trebojevic returned and just took the team on his back and dragged them through for the rest of the season. So it was a really remarkable turnaround, and uh, I think that they've proven from last year that they are good enough to do it. Now, they could just as easily fall over again. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and, um, you know, how many people would really be disappointed if that occurred? But they're a good-looking team, and if Turbo stays fit all season, if uh, the veterans... Cherry Evans and Foran can continue to stay fit as well and, and do their job in the halves, then the Sea Eagles are going to be a real threat again this season. The Rabbitohs were grand finals last year. They finished third on the table before making the grand final. They've lost their coach. 
They've lost their halfback. But the rest of the team has stayed pretty much the same. So as long as the gamble on allowing Adam Reynolds to leave the club to go to Brisbane and let their young uh, halfback prodigies come through and are allowed to, well, much like Sam Walker with the Roosters last year, be given the opportunity to run the team and, and if they're good enough, as good as everyone seems to think they are at Souths, then there's no reason why South Rabbitohs can't, once again, uh, vie for that premiership. And unless there is a major breakdown in that halfback position, then you would expect that the Rabbitohs will be good enough to make that top four again. They had 20 wins last year, and you would expect that they can make at least you know 16 to 18 again this year, which will be good enough for top four. The other two, of course, are the Storm, who are getting old, have lost a few players, their backup players, I guess you'd almost say, but Finucane and, and Hines going to uh, to Cronulla probably hurts them a little bit if they do get injuries. Craig Bellamy is just a master, though, at finding young kids or old-timers who want a couple more extra years and bring them to the club and just continues to churn out these seasons where they get 18, 20, 22 wins for the season and find their way into finals yet again. It just seems unlikely after the last two seasons the Storm have had that they would drop any further than that top four at the very worst. And, of course, more than likely challenging for the minor premiership again. And the Premier's Panthers, well... They've lost Matt Burton, which is unfortunate for them, but they all knew that was going to happen. Uh, Nathan Cleary's out for the first three or four rounds. But apart from that, their premiership side's pretty much intact. And on paper, they've pretty much been the best team of the last two years. They probably should have won the grand final two years ago against the Storm, and they did win the comp last year. So there's no doubt that they will be out there again with uh, all of their representative players, they will be fighting to win another premiership and you would expect that they're going to be right in it again. So I find it hard to see that top four changing from last year. That means it probably will. Uh, and if it does, the Roosters are probably the team that would force one of those four, one of those four teams out. Uh, and if I was going to stick a needle in it, then I'm guessing it would be the Rabbitohs who would be the one who may drop out for the Roosters. Jackson changed direction there and dropped the kick down behind the defence. The ball ricochets off Barman again. He's got it to Coyne. Coyne's got a pass back on the inside. Beautifully taken by Hanjack. And it's another try to Canberra. Oh, astonishing. And Barman is down on his knees at the moment. Have a look at him. The poor lad. There's an absolute shock for him. Oh, heavens above. Everything in his world has fallen about him at the moment. He can't believe that rugby league can be as cruel as this. Let me tell you, it can, son. So there you go. I may as well have just read out the ladder from last year and just kept the top six as they were, juggled a couple from the bottom into the semi-final positions and then just rearranged the bottom. But that's just the way this whole thing looks to me. It, it, it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of change going on. Like I said... Of the teams that should improve, the Bulldogs should improve, the Sharks should improve, uh, just from the changes in the playing personnel that have come into those two teams. 
Uh, and teams going down, well, again, that's difficult. The Knights and Titans sort of popped up last year and made the finals. That doesn't guarantee them a spot this year. The Raiders had a really poor season last year. You can't really see them being as poor again, so they may go up. The Dragons, I think, it'll be interesting to see how they go because the Dragons are one of those teams and their coach who could make finals because they've done it before in the past when with Mary a couple of times they've made finals with a team that you sort of thought, really? So perhaps they could do that again. I don't know. But of the rest, the season ahead is, even though they'll all be saying we're looking for finals and we want to play finals, I think there's a lot of teams there who are just hoping to finish a couple of places further up the ladder than they did last year to get two or three extra wins than they did last year and then start looking towards 2023 as the year when they can start making finals. And if they don't, well, then there is uh, going to be a lot more uh, displeasure with uh, cut players or probably coaches because it's always the coaches who get the blame. Anyway, that's the way I see the season going. I hope you enjoyed this first episode of In League with the NRL. We'll be back next week with our usual review of the week, our talking point, and then our preview of the next round. Uh, I hope it keeps you entertained. It gives me something to do anyway. Thanks for tuning in and good punting. And Grant's there. He passes infield for Courier. This will be incredible. Surinan charging, charging. They won't stop him. What a try. What a rugby league try in a grand final. You have been listening to a Metal Cavern production.